Amen. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. What a wonderful, blessed privilege it is for us to be in the house of the Lord. One more time, as people are making their way into the sanctuary, we thank God for your presence in the house. Those of you who are able, if you wouldn't mind standing as far as us preparing for our call to worship that will be given by Reverend D'Angelo Dia in just a moment. Just want to do, want you to do us a favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, or YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our website, Welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. If you're on Facebook, share on your personal timeline. You can tag those that you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and then text this link of the worship service to your personal network. We want to get up to at least 1,500 subscribers as far as YouTube is concerned. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window and share this worship experience with others. We also want to know where you're watching us some. So if you would, in your chat box, just put where you're watching us from because we know we got people that are watching us all over the country. Amen. Amen. Reverend D'Angelo Diaz is going to come and lead us as far as our call to worship is concerned. If you would, put your blessed hands together and let's give God praise. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? Let me say that again. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. It is a blessed morning to be in the house of the Lord. I just love the vibe. This is the first time I've been to church with people. This is the day that the Lord has made. It's a great vibe to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It feels like the Baptist version of the Excelsior Club. If you know that you know that you know, you don't know where you would have ended up if God wasn't on your side. Give God some praise this morning. Put your holy hands together and give God the praise that God richly and rightly deserves. If you can feel it in your spirit this morning, join the choir for our opening hymn, Revive Us.
Amen. Revive us again. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalms 84. Psalms 84. And it reads as thus. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the sorrow of the nest for herself. When she may lay her young, even your altar, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praise you, shall I. Blessing is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on the pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they may make a spring, and the rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God and Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Shalah. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your court is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tent of wickedness. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from those who walk upright. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. God, I ask that your spirit would dwell within this sacred place right now. God, be with those that are listening or watching us, wherever they may be this morning, God. God, we're asking for you to send a word from on high. God, I ask that you would be with our guest pastor this morning, God, that you would crown him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, God. Allow his words, God, to be your words, God. God, we're asking that you would send a word to remind us of who we are and whose we are. God, send a word that will help us process last week and perhaps get us through next week, God. God, send a word that will remind us of your righteousness, of your mercy, and your grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. I never felt that matter 
from up above, my Lord. In this old life of sin, This man, she said, You must be. Can you see? You've got to be. You've got to be born again. If you're a sinner. Yeah. Help the Lord. 
you, Lord. Amen. If you've been born again this morning, put your hands together and give God some praise for how awesome and how beautiful he is, man, to be able to revive us and carry us through, man, last year and through this year already, man, God is worthy of our praise. Amen. As we head in this revival week, I hope you're starting to feel a little bit revived this morning like I am, man. This is, this is some good stuff, man, as we think about, man, how, how, how can God revive our lives this week? How can we think about the ways that he can change us from the inside out? And uh, I want to welcome you right now to our impact moment. Uh, my name is Reverend Peyton C. And I'm a children and youth pastor here um, at St. Paul. Uh, man, I, I've been thinking about uh, some different topics and different things that we might be able to go through over the next couple of weeks. And what I ended up landing on was something that we've talked about, a topic that we've actually talked about in Sunday School Guys. And it's called the Armor of God. And so we're going to talk about the Armor of God series. And this will be the very first week. Uh, that we talk about it. So I'm very excited to begin this series with you. Um, parents, be ready to talk about it amongst yourselves and with your family at home. Now, before I begin, I, I want to challenge uh, our kids to be praying for everything that's going on in our world today right now, especially the uh, for the people of Afghanistan right now um, and, and the Christian missionaries that we have over there um, that are really preaching the gospel um, and, and really living their lives for him. And so I, I ask that you would just keep keep them in your prayers, please. Guys, the, the title the title of our message for today, before we even get into the armor of God, Man, we have to know who our opponent is. Know who your opponent is. Our memory verse for today comes from Ephesians 6, uh, verses 11 through 12. I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And guys, the bottom line or the main point I want us to get from today's message is this. As we begin, know that Satan doesn't want us to win. You see, guys, before an army goes into battle, before they even put on their battle gear, they study who their opponent is, so they'll be ready for any way the enemy might attack them. Before a team of doctors helps a young child patient battle an illness, they have to know what that illness is before they begin to fight it medically with treatment. Before a quarterback takes the first snap in a football game, they watch tapes of game film that show them how their opponent has played defense over the last several games before they face them for their matchup. And before my cousin Liam and I took on the evil boss in one of our favorite video games, The Legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time, we had to prepare ourselves for the evil character at the end of the game named Ganondorf. You see, before we got to the end of this game, before we got to the end of our journey, we had to fight other monsters and evil bosses along the way. Thankfully, my cousin Liam and I, we had a little video game guide that told us about every monster that we'd face in the game. It told us where and when we'd face the monster, its strengths, and how the monster would attack us. And the book told us the monster's weaknesses so that we could attack it. 
If we tried to figure out our strategy while we were taking on these evil game characters, guys, we would have been surprised by their attacks. We would have been easily defeated, and we would have been playing my Nintendo 64 forever and ever. Guys and girls, God wants the absolute best for us, both on earth and in heaven. I believe that this morning. Sadly, we have a spiritual enemy, and his name is Satan. Or the devil. And guys, he loves to try to mess with the joy that God has given us. Scripture tells us that Satan's goal is to lead us into temptation and into sin so that we will fall flat on our faces. He has different ways of attacking us spiritually to keep us from being the best version of Jesus that we can be. So that we won't be able to be effective witnesses for Jesus as we go and we share his love with those that we know. The Bible tells us that Satan's purpose is to steal our joy, to kill our faith and our hope in our God, and to destroy God's plan and his purpose for us. But guys, thankfully, because of Jesus Christ, we know about how Satan will attempt to cause this chaos in our lives. We know that Jesus has already won the battle for us. In our fights against the devil, we cannot lose if we lean on God. But before we do battle with God on our side, guys, we need to let his word tell us about who our enemy is. Again, our bottom line, as we begin, know that Satan doesn't want us to win. In our verse of the day, guys, we are told Ephesians six eleven that we need to put on the full armor of God so that we can be ready for the devil's schemes. Our whole series on the armor of God is going to be on the armor and what those different pieces are that Paul talks about here in Ephesians. However, guys, as you know from the illustration, before we even put on our armor, we have to know who our enemy is, who our opponent is, and that is the devil. The devil is in several parts of scripture. He's often referred to as the evil one, the prince of darkness, the father of lies, Satan, and a couple other names. Satan actually was an angel who was a part of God's heavenly kingdom. But because he was prideful and wanted the throne of God, Scripture tells us he was cast out of heaven along with many other angels or demons who wanted to follow him. Now, since Satan is our enemy, it's him and his evil minions that have to be, we have to be on our guard against. You see, Satan wreaks havoc here on earth just for a little while, causing death, jealousy, pain, anger, lust, and hate in our world. When we see other people acting up, guys, this is part of how we identify who our enemy is. We need to see that the people that are hurting around us are hurting because of their sin. We've got to remember who our real enemy is. It's really easy to get mad at someone who's wronged us or who sinned against us or to get mad at a fellow brother or sister in Christ who has given in to sin that they've been fighting for a while. But this is exactly what Satan wants us to do, to focus on another person, to focus on the flesh and the blood. But guys, man, we need to focus on something different. Satan wants us to hate other people. He wants us to see God's people in the church divided so that we can't share Jesus with the world and help win people over to be a part of God's kingdom. You see, my friend, Satan doesn't want you to see and to find God. He wants you to live in sin and away from God forever. So we've got to be on our guard, guys, against his schemes. There's nothing he wants more than to affect our personal lives and to make us struggle in the battle. Every day we can face attacks on our heart and our mind, but you want to know what the funny thing is about this whole thing. You see, the war 
has already been won. Jesus defeated the devil. He defeated sin. He defeated evil on the cross. Absolutely. That's something that we should be praising God for. That man in this battle, in this great spiritual war, with God on our side, if we lean on him, we cannot lose. We can take our stand. The devil may be the enemy. But guys, let me tell you this. And this is something to praise God for. He is no match. Again, Satan is no match for the God of angel armies. That is always, always on our side. Amen. So guys, we know who our enemy is. And I hope you're prepared over the next couple of weeks as we talk about our armor and how we can go to battle with God. Will you close with me in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you so, so much for your goodness, God, for for your love and your grace that you have shown us to be able to somehow give us the victory, God, that you yourself have won. Man, God, we thank you for that this morning. God, I pray that for all of my children and youth, the ones that are under your care right now, that Lord, when they hear this word, they would know that Satan is not one that we have to fear, one that we only have to be ready for, God, because with you on our side, we cannot lose. We can make a stand. God, help us to lean on you a little bit extra this week and in the weeks to come. We love you so, so much. Thank you for the ways that you love us. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, guys. Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. For this is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning. Good morning. What a blessed privilege it is for us to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Let's give God praise for Reverend C for his meditation moment for our children. And uh, thank you. I want to, um, as we move forward in this worship experience, do a couple of things. First of all, we want to welcome uh, the Mecklenburg County Detention Center as part of our social justice ministry. They are uh, have the capacity to listen to us as far as this morning's worship experience is concerned. And I want to thank uh, Reverend D'Angelo Diaz for helping to coordinate that. And so we have an estimate of 1,500 individuals uh, at the detention center right now who have the capacity, if they so desire, to hear, hear us. Welcome, amen, to our broadcast. We also want to welcome any visitors that are with us this morning, um, first-time guests or return guests. We want to welcome you to the St. Paul Church experience as far as our live experience is concerned. Let me just say, um, and, and I'm going to ask that I not have any music right now because I really need to get this point across. So let me just say that when we come into the church, um, there are some of you who are saying, I registered before, do I have to register again? Yes. Let me say that again. Yes. You got to register each time we come to church. Why? Because we got to do the contact tracing and we got to make sure that we know who's in the house. This registration has nothing to do with your membership. Let me clarify that because, you know, we, 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 we create stuff around here. So. So let me clarify, this ain't got nothing to do with your membership. Your membership has everything to do with you being consistent in worship, either virtual or live, being a part of a teaching ministry, giving. If you do any one of those things, you are a disciple here at St. Paul Church. If you don't do any of that stuff in two years, you ain't. All right. This has nothing to do with your membership. It has everything to do with safety and security. 
has everything to do with safety and security. So when we do revival this week, if you're going to come, we need you to register. Registration is going to be open immediately after this worship experience. We would love for you to be in the house doing uh, the revival if you feel led to come. All right. But you got to register each and every time we come to church. You have to register. So please, ma'am, please, sir, do me a favor. Tell your family, friends, foes, frenemies, enemies, whoever, if they want to come to St. Paul, they have to register each and every time. We make that available online as well as in-house. Again, this is very critical for us because it helps us to deal with the contact tracing just in case somebody happens to be sick or whatever. We can let folks know, hey, we need you to uh, make sure you go get yourself tested just in case there's potential exposure. All right, because we got to learn how to live with COVID-19. All right, am I making any sense? Are y'all clear on that? All right, all right, all right. Speaking of COVID, um, I'm going to make the same announcement I made last week. You need to get vaccinated. Um, um, you, 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 you need to get vaccinated. We are seeing that over 90% of the people who are being hospitalized right now are what? Unvaccinated. And they're young. And they're young. And um, uh, I want to encourage you, please, ma'am, please, sir, we want to try to put this pandemic really behind us, you need to get vaccinated. Uh, the government has just issued that they want to encourage people to get a third vaccine. And we're going to work on doing all that we can to be a vaccination site here for that third vaccine, just like we were for the first two uh, vaccinations. So, uh, but you need to get vaccinated. Um, uh, this pandemic is real. This virus is real, is not fake. Uh, it is still taking people out. Uh, and if you're not vaccinated, your chances of not surviving goes up exponentially. Your chances of being placed on a ventilator, being intubated, uh, uh, goes up exponentially. So please, ma'am, please, sir, give strong consideration to becoming vaccinated because guess what? I, I want to see you. I would love for us to be able to be back in the church in full form and fashion, but we're not going to be able to do that uh, until we get this thing under control. And by the way, wear your mask. Wear your mask. This little mask can save your life and mitigate or lessen your possibility of catching the virus. So wear your mask and make sure that um, uh you, you're vaccinated. I want to uh, just let you know that we will not be doing a quick 15 this week as far as um, prayer call is concerned. We will pick that up next week because we're in revival. And starting tomorrow night, uh, the Lord has allowed for us to have two of God's most gifted preachers that will be sharing with us during the week. The Reverend Dr. William H. Curtis and the Reverend Dr. Jerry Carter will be here in revival. Uh, one will preach uh, one night the other one will preach Tuesday night. They both will close out on Wednesday night. You can register uh, through Eventbrite right now. And we're going to follow the same health protocols that we've been following as far as the past is concerned. If you don't have Internet access to register, you can register when you come to the church. And the doors will open at 630. Doors will open at 630. Uh, if you get here at 6 o'clock, you have to wait in your car. 
We're going to open up at 630 because we want to make sure we have everything in house ready to go as far as being able to check you in and to receive you. Just want to also let you know that our Christian education ministry and our deacons family ministry is going to have a drive by book and communion element pickup service on Saturday, August 28th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. New Sunday school books are coming out and we want to make sure that those that will be worshiping at home uh, will have communion um, cups to be able to share as far as that worship experience is concerned. Finally, I just want to let you all know that the uh, board of directors application, if you are desiring to serve on the board of directors here at St. Paul Church, it is a ministry um, and we could use your help. Here's what's required. You need to have been a full member here at the church for at least three years, at least three years, actively part of a teaching ministry and a consistent giver, preferably a tither and have specialized knowledge either in real estate um, governance, uh, legal matters, insurance, things of that sort. Uh, we sent out an email so you can register on the church website last Sunday. You can go to the church website under the help wanted section and under the resource tab to find out, uh, and get the application to register as far as, um, that application is concerned. So just wanted to let you all know that is what is, um, we're going to require as far as being a board member here. And then there will be an interview to um, determine whether you fit or not as far as that's concerned. As we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, um, there are several prayer concerns that I want to lay before you. Um, and I'm going to be doing a special appeal in just a moment uh, for Haiti. But we want to lift up our teachers, our school administrators, our students, our college students. Some of them have already gone back. We want to lift up our parents. We want to lift up Haiti. We want to lift up Afghanistan uh, and all that is going on with that. We also want to lift up the family of Dr. Veronica Bates, the sister of uh, Disciple Gail Boyd. Uh, services are pending. We want to lift up the family of Brother James Bailey. He is the brother-in-law of Disciple Saritha Bird. Uh, we want to lift that family up in prayer. We also want to keep the Dunstan family, Sister Ida Dunstan, in prayer. Uh, Brother Philip Dunstan's memorial service was here yesterday. The family of Lieutenant Samuel Platt, the brother-in-law of Disciple Deborah Atkinson. Those services were Friday in Mount Olive, North Carolina. The family of Brother Frank Peterson, he's the stepfather of Reverend James Burney. Uh, those services were last Sunday in Aden. North Carolina, the family of Sister Eloise Smith, the mother of disciple Deborah Atkinson. We want to keep her in prayer. As far as hospital uh, concerns, uh, John McClendon, uh, Gina Pettis, we want to continue to lift up our pastor emeritus and his wife, Dr. Paul Drummond and Sister Thomasina Drummond. Um, we want to lift up Robert Lund, Sherry McClendon, Reverend Siobhan McElwain. We want to keep her in our prayers. Brother Anthony Farr has returned back to the hospital we want to keep him in prayer, Francis Montgomery, and there may be some other, there are other names that are listed on our sick and shut-in list that we ask that you will keep under consideration. And so as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to ask that um, Reverend D'Angelo Dia, if you will come and uh, lift up those concerns that have been mentioned during this time of prayer. Let us go to God in prayer. 
God, we could never say thank you enough. However, God, thank you this morning for your grace and your mercy. Grace and mercy, God, which we know we don't deserve, but you give anyway. God, we say thank you for the history and legacy of St. Paul Baptist Church. God, thank you for every pastor that has labored and loved this community. God, thank you for Dr. Scott and his family. God, thank you for allowing them to be ambassadors of your grace and everlasting love. God, thank you for our speaker today, Dr. Solomon. God, thank you for the wisdom that he has to share, God. God, thank you for every minister, every deacon, every ministry team that continues to do the work of kingdom building, God, in spite of a pandemic. And God, thank you for common sense. God, thank you for common sense. God, thank you for common sense, God. And the ability to show love to each other simply by wearing a mask. God, I ask this morning that you would wrap your loving arms around those that are struggling in any capacity this morning, God. God, be with those that are processing the loss of loved ones, God. God, give them the space and time to mourn their lives, to honor their lives, to celebrate their lives, God. God, be with our incarcerated siblings this morning, God, and those that may be returning home soon, God. God, send them back home to safe spaces and places, God, where they could find restoration and reconciliation. God, be with our siblings in Afghanistan, Israel, Iraq, and Haiti, God, as they continue to deal with human disasters and natural disasters, God. God, be with us. Wrap your loving arms around us, God, as we process the days to come, God. God, be with those that may feel like the church has turned their backs on them, God. Let them know that there is still a place in your tabernacle for them, God, that it's never too late to come back to your throne of grace, God. Be with them, God. And God, at the end of the day, I just ask, God, that you will give us a reminder that we don't have to accept the mindset of the world to be citizens of your kingdom, God. Mm -hmm. God, just be God and let your will be done. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you believe that prayer has been answered, can you give God the praise that God so richly and rightfully deserve? Amen. Amen. It is offering time. It is offering time. It is offering time. It is offering time. And before we receive the Lord's offering, uh, there's a special video that I want to uh, have you to check out. Uh, it is from our newly uh, installed president, the Reverend Dr. Uh, Gina Marcia Stewart of the Lot Carey uh, Foreign Mission Convention. Uh, and she has an appeal she would like to make on behalf of Haiti. This past Saturday, Haiti faced a devastating earthquake that toppled buildings, homes, hospitals, and cathedrals. The 7.2 magnitude quake hit the southwestern part of Haiti, which is roughly 80 miles from Port-au-Prince. More than 1,400 have died and more than 7,000 injured. The timing of this earthquake could not be worse. The Caribbean nation is still traumatized over the unsolved July 7th assassination of its president, and they are still recovering from the calamitous quake that destroyed much, much of Port-au-Prince area in 2010. It destroyed the nation's capital cathedral, and its ruins are now an ominous feature in the capital's skyline. 
severe poverty and systemic gang violence, the pandemic and a history of dysfunctional government has only worsened the struggles of Haiti's 11 million people. The Lot Carey Baptist Foreign Mission Society has pledged an initial $50,000 in U.S. dollars for earthquake relief for Haiti. Our partners on the ground have informed us that their most immediate needs include prayer and financial support to start purchasing food and supplies to help the people. Most of the village is sleeping outside because their houses, their homes have been destroyed. Hearing the stories from our partners awakens unpleasant memories of the earthquake of 2010, which some have still not fully recovered. We want to assure the Haitian people, our brothers and sisters, of lots carries prayers and financial support. With a potential tropical storm looming at their doorstep, our swift and immediate response is critical. The tropical system that is expected to bring heavy rains with flooding and strong winds can cause even more severe damage to the weakened buildings and structures. I'm inviting you to help us help Haiti. So I'm calling upon pastors and churches and colleagues and friends and family and members of Delta Sigma Theta sorority and members of, divine, of the Divine Nine Greek organizations and individuals to join us in supporting our brothers and our sisters. You may give electronically via our Lot Carry website. You may give through Givelify, Cash App, PayPal, or you may send your check by mail. Lot Carry has a solid track record of advancing God's mission around the world for 124 years. Since 1916, we have partnered with the Haiti Baptist Convention Strategic Union of Churches and Mission of Grace since 2015. Lot Carey stands with our brothers and sisters in Haiti as they struggle to rebuild after yet another horrific disaster. It's our prayer that God will comfort the bereaved, that God will encourage the brokenhearted and restore health and healing to the nation and people of Haiti. Will you stand with us and help us help Haiti? Amen. Amen. So as we prepare to, to give, um, I want to lay on your hearts right now that uh, St. Paul is a strong lock carry church. Let me say that again. We are a strong lock carry church. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. I'm waiting for the rest of y'all to catch up. We are a strong lock carry church. We are one of the top giving churches in lock carry. And our help is, is definitely going to be needed at this time. And so on the first Sunday of, of September uh, through the third Sunday of September, uh, I want to put this challenge before us. I, I would love for St. Paul to raise at least $10,000 for Lot Carey. $10,000 for Lot Carey. Um, you can go ahead and clap, but I need your money. Yeah, yeah. Clapping is nice, but clapping ain't going to help homes and feed folks. I, I need your money. We, we want to raise 10, 000, at least $10,000 for Lot Carey. Um, and as a matter of fact, um, all we got to do is raise $9,500 because I'm going to give $500 uh, 
uh, toward that. So um, starting first Sunday, uh, you can give as far as lot carry is concerned. Um, and when you give, if you would just put Haiti, uh, Haiti, uh, H-A-I-T-I on your envelope, we know that that will go to lot carry. And um, I want to, by at least the fourth Sunday of September, uh, to have sent a check to Lot Carey for $10,000 for from the St. Paul Church. Um, this is an easy, attainable goal, and, and we're going to let you all know how we're coming along each Sunday as far as that goal is concerned. Um, also, as we prepare to give, I'm asking those who, who feel led, if you wouldn't mind, as we prepare to give, to give a sacrificial offering this week of $100 for homecoming and for revival. And I'm going to uh, be doing that as well. And so uh, today we're asking for a special offering, a sacrificial offering of $100. One thing I have discovered that when you really start giving beyond your tithes and offerings, uh, that really activates uh, uh, miraculous moves as far as God is concerned. Because one thing that we understand that we are blessed when we give in as far as tithes and offerings are concerned, but when we go beyond the tithe, that's when we see certain blessings connected as far as supernatural uh, sacrificial giving is concerned. And so please, ma'am, please, sir, join me as far as that's concerned. So as we prepare to give, um, uh, just want to let you know if you have a physical offering in the house, uh, there's a basket on the row in front of you. You do not have to touch that basket. Just drop your offering in that basket, and our count team and ushers will receive those bas- will receive those offerings to be counted. You do not have to touch it. That's why we placed it on the seat in front of you so that you do not have to touch it. Uh, if you're giving electronically, we greatly appreciate that. So I want you to do me this favor. If you would, however you're giving, if you're watching us online, um, you can give um, uh, three ways. You can either mail your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205, or you can call the church office at 704-334-5309 to drop off your offering or cash here at the church. Call to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. We'll place it in a safe and make sure it's part of the count the following Sunday. You can go to our church website and through ACS or Church Life and give online. Or you can give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So I want you to do me this favor. If you're able to put in your right hand, we want you to take your offering, place it in your right hand, lift it to the heaven. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you through giving. And as we prepare to give, oh God, and as you lay on our hearts what you desire for us to give toward Haiti starting the first Sunday in September. We want you to right now bless these offerings. Bless those who are practicing the discipline of tithing. Bless those who are giving something and increase their faith to practice the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. God, convict those who may not give anything and let them know they can't beat you giving. Now, Lord, take these gifts of ours and use them for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you would right now, if you have a physical offering, just uh, see the basket in front of you and just place it in that basket. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. Amen. 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 
This morning, uh, before our um, men ensemble come and bless us with uh, the song, um, I want to introduce our guest preacher for today. Uh, we were supposed to have a, a good friend of mine, the Reverend Dr. Freddie James Clark of the Shalom Church uh, from St. Louis to come bless us, but some unforeseen situations came up and he was not able to join us and we continue to lift him up in prayer. However, uh, there is a ram in the bush. Amen. A ram in the bush. And he is no stranger to the St. Paul Church. As a matter of fact, you all know he preached the morning of my installation when I was installed here and has been a regular ever since. And he is none other than Reverend Dr. Carl Joseph Solomon, the senior pastor of the United Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland. God has allowed for him to serve that congregation since 1991. And under that congregation, they have grown exponentially. They have built a new church uh, sanctuary. He has preached uh, all over the world. He was the morning preacher for the Hampton University Ministers Conference, a very prestigious opportunity. Uh, he is a graduate of Coppin State, uh, also of Loyola University and United Theological Seminary, where he earned the Doctor of Ministry degree. And he will be going to United to lead a doctoral group this week. And so I'm glad he was able to fit us in his schedule to share as far as the word of God is concerned. So I'm going to ask that you all will pray for him, pray with him, that the Lord will use him in a mighty and a magnificent way to bless us this morning. So do me a favor, those that are watching us on Facebook, online, on our Zoom congregation, and in the house, put your hands together and give God praise. Amen. Give God praise for Dr. Carl Joseph Solomon. I just got uh, 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 one more text message that I need to share with you all, and this there's those who were vaccinated on August the 7th. Uh, you will uh, get your second vaccination this Saturday from 10 to 2 in the Ray of Hope. And so if you were vaccinated on the uh, on August 7th, and by the way, St. Paul, we won the challenge as far as having the most people vaccinated on that Saturday. Amen. We won the challenge. So we should be getting a $500 check from United Missionary Baptist Association for our youth program. And um, uh, but we won that challenge. But if you were vaccinated that Saturday, come this Saturday to be vaccinated. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing this word. Uh, brothers, bless us with Simonic Selection. Since right. 
How many of you know or have declared on Christ? The solid rock I stand. Because you have discovered all other ground is sinking sand. We lift the name of Christ, continue to do so as this service has been doing so. And certainly we give God praise for this music ministry that has blessed us in this hour. Praise the Lord for not just this music ministry, but the ministry team that has seen us from the door to the pew and have blessed us. Certainly for the one God has sent and sent to serve as his under shepherd here. One of the smartest, brightest, brilliant individuals I know. You have an anointed pastor, a gifted teacher and preacher. He is one who is passionate about the cause and kingdom of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we ought to truly thank God this morning for one Dr. Robert Charles Scott. Come on, let's bless him for the gift. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. He is my dear friend, and I am just so happy as well to see uh, his lovely bride of these many years and their beautiful daughter, Pierre and Cheris. We bless God for the ministry team their family represents, and you ought to be blessed of the Lord, amen, knowing that God has given you not just a pastor, but a pastor team and his family. Come on, help me to salute Pierre and cherish amen amen uh, to all these associate ministers to each and every one of you the Lord be praised uh, I am happy to be here again uh, humbled by the invitation to come uh, let me take this moment again to thank Pastor Scott for the invitation uh, when he he, he extended the invitation and then he told me about the revival. And then I reevaluated our friendship. Uh, you all are in for a tremendous week in the Lord. Dr. Curtis and Dr. Carter are going to be a powerful team. Get ready. It's all right to praise God in advance. Amen. And uh, if I may just further emphasize, first of all, salute you for how you have responded uh, in hearing the pastoral announcements to uh, the vaccinations, to all the things that you've been doing related to COVID. But just further emphasize wearing the mask, getting vaccinated, doing your part will be a tremendous blessing. Amen. Uh, that being said, I was not here to give pastor remarks. I am here to preach the word of God. 
And I'd ask that you pray with me even now as we prepare for this message on this special day. God, in the name of our Christ, we thank you for once again granting us this privilege to serve you. We pray now that you would speak, allow all of us to hear you clearly, allow all of us to discern your very will and honor the way in which you direct our lives, that our living will bring you glory. Yes, God, even now we ask that this moment of ministry, that everything said and done will bring you glory. We thank you in Jesus' name, and together we all say, amen, amen, amen. Let me just say happy homecoming. Amen. Happy homecoming. Uh, this morning, there is a word, and I want to call your attention to it. It's found in the gospel pen by Luke. And uh, this morning, we go to Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, and I stress that as it is really not necessarily a translation, but a paraphrase. And uh, that being said, I'd encourage you to read these verses, uh, perhaps in the English Standard, uh, the NIV, the Amplified. But for the sake of this preachment, uh, we're going to use the paraphrase uh, this morning. Luke chapter 4, the paraphrase message. Verses 16 through 21, we find these words. He came to Nazareth where he had been raised. As he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. Other translations say he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. When he stood up to read, he, handed, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burden and battered free. To announce this is God's time to shine. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the place was on him intent. Then he started in. You've just heard the scripture make history. It came to true just now in this place. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to simply talk in the moments that shall be mine today from this subject, 
I'm back. I'm back. As we've read, we see that Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He's in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He is among the traditionalists. He's among the religious. He is, as the text says, given the sacred scroll to read. All things considered, preachers, this is all in line with the custom and the practice of those who have gathered. However, this is more than a text of Jesus reading scripture. This moment that is recorded is actually a record of a larger gospel story. One that chronicles, if you will, the life of Jesus. To this end, Pastor Scott, to put our text today in context. We cannot ignore what Luke writes and what he records regarding Jesus' life prior to this moment. Some of you are aware of the fact that prior to this moment, Jesus was baptized by John. You remember, those of you who can date yourselves and remind yourselves of those Sunday school moments. Of that lesson when Jesus was baptized by John. As it is written, Jesus is approaching John as John is baptizing those in the Jordan. And when he approaches John, John says to him, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I, I shouldn't be baptizing you. And Jesus then says to John, suffer it to be so. Jesus says to him, in essence, we must do this to fulfill what is the very righteousness of God. And as that is recorded, we are told that when John agrees and goes along with this moment to baptize Jesus, that the heavens open. Record has it that the Spirit of God descends like a dove would land. It doesn't say that the Spirit of God looks like a dove. It doesn't say the Spirit of God is represented as a dove. It says that when he was baptized, that the heavens opened. And the Spirit of God descended and landed as a dove would land. And then we're told that a voice is heard. And the voice that is heard is heard. They say it's coming from heaven. And here's what is recorded. This is my son. This this right here. 
is my boy. This here is my son. Y'all, y'all been wondering ever since he been born. I know there's been no sign. There have been no miracles. I know that he has not done anything heretofore that would cause you to believe what Mary and Joseph have told you. But today, let it be known that he is my son. And with him, I am well pleased. For those who may not know, this is the one time or this is a time in scripture where we see the very presence of the Trinity recorded. Though the word Trinity is not in the Gospels, it is now present in this moment. For as Jesus is baptized, we see the Son, we see the Spirit, we hear the Father, and they're all noted in this one aspect. He baptized. There is here a paradigm from this baptism. Jesus tells John, suffer it that we do this. This baptism is done not because Jesus needed salvation. This baptism is done because Jesus is our role model. He is being baptized and in his baptism, he is showing us something about obedience for as he is obedient ladies and gentlemen several things occur as he's obedient here's some of the things that we see number one we see that his obedience causes heaven to open I feel like preaching He is being obedient, and as a result, heaven opens. Hallelujah. Not only does heaven open, Dr. Scott, but the Bible says that the Spirit descends, which lets us know that obedience, if you will, causes us to experience the Spirit of God. Please note, Jesus does not shout. Please note, he's not doing a holy dance. Please note, he's not speaking in tongues. Yet, the Spirit of God is on him. And the Spirit of God is on him because he is obedient. It is here, ladies and gentlemen, that we see the very true, if you will, uh, meaning of the Greek term parakletus, where we get the English word paraclete. It is here from paraclete we understand one is called, one is invited to come beside, to come alongside you. 
So when Jesus is obedient, he shows us that the spirit is willing to show himself right alongside you. Hmm. And then obedience also shows you and I that God will give you a word of assurance. This is my son. Which then therefore if this is a paradigm. Then preachers every time you or I are obedient. We should not fall for the trap of feeling discouraged. Because sometimes that's what the enemy will do. Here you are trying to be as faithful as you can be and then you begin to assess things going on and you become everything but encouraged. But Jesus shows us that if you are obedient, expect God to reassure you. Y'all with me today? He's baptized. And those of you who know how this story continues, We are told that the Spirit of God then leads Jesus into the wilderness. It is clear to, it is good to really pay careful attention here because the text tells us that the Spirit of God leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Oh God. To be tempted i stress this preachers because it does not say to be defeated the spirit of god leads jesus into the wilderness to be tempted not defeated and we're told that the tempter comes to him god help me The tempter comes to him. Please, please, you're watching online. Put it in the chat. You hear in the pews, holler across one to another and tell him, he came to me. You don't have to go looking to be tempted. For the text tells us that the tempter came to Jesus. And some of us can can admit we could testify we didn't go looking for him. In fact, some of us could holler in our testimony and declare he found me. The tempter came to him and tempted, tested Jesus. Want to suggest to you, as I've shared in times past, that uh there's one temptation. One. I, I know the text would make you think that there are several. Because when you read the story of the temptation after Jesus had fasted for 40 days, led into the wilderness, the tempter comes to him. First thing we read is how he says, well, if we know you're hungry, turn the stone into bread. Then he says, well, you know, Jesus says, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of the Lord. 
The tempter then says, well, since you want to cite word, here's what the word says. You know, you can go to the top of this pillar, jump off. Don't worry, because the angels will catch you before you fall. Then later tells him, well, you know what? Why not just bow down and worship me and I'll give you everything here. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it appears to be several temptations. No, 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 no. There are several techniques for one temptation. All of us are tempted. It's common that all of us are tempted. There's no temptation. It's all common to man. But the technique for the strategy, for the Goal of Satan. It changes. The temptation doesn't happen, Pastor, until it is affirmed who Jesus is. This is my son. Follow me, if you will. It is after that stated that Satan then says, If you are, Lord help me preach. The temptation is, here it is, it's to prove you're not who you are. That the relationship you claim to have with God is null and void. That you're willing to divorce yourself from what you just declared you claim to be. If you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the technique is different. So he'll come at us with different strategies, but the temptation is the same. I'm doing this to see if you are who you say you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's why. That, that's just so, so when you're tested, all Satan wants to know is will you cling to him? If you're tested, all the devil is wanting to see is if you'll stick by him. In fact, this is not unprecedented. He used this strategy on Job. Lord, help me teach. It was in that Old Testament story of Job. Y'all know it. In how Job uh, was, was rather Satan came with all the other angels, presented himself. And God said, what you been up to? He said, I've been going to and fro. And he says, well, have you considered my servant Job? Ain't nobody like him. And Satan says, well, you know, he only hangs tight with you because of how good you are to him. Let let me do some things. Lord, help me. And watch him all of a sudden uh, say he, he don't want no parts of you. I feel like preaching. God, God says, okay, do what you will. 
I got to drop here parenthetically and let somebody know that when God did this and Satan did what he did, it appears, it could appear as if Satan is picking on Job, but the truth is God picked Job. The next time you feel like the devil's picking on you, hold up, catch yourself, count to ten, and say, "Uh uh-uh, God picked me. Because in this instant, God, watch this, it's not Job counting on God, it's God counting on Job. And fast forward to our narrative today and its background. God is saying, listen, I'm going to lead Jesus into the wilderness because I'm putting all my chips on him so that when Satan does whatever he does, watch what my boy will do. And the text says, Lord, help me preach. The text says that when all is said and done, Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, watch this. He returns to Galilee. He returns to Galilee. God, help me preach. He returns to Galilee. But but, wait, wait, wait. Can I digress just for a second? I know this is preachers who are listening to me and watching me. It is homiletically wrong, but I got to do this. I need you to know that when Jesus is facing Satan, he has established relationship with God. And now watch this. He must, somebody say he must. He must fight Satan. He must, Lady Peer, fight Satan. He had just been told the world knows that God is his father, but God ain't fighting this one. He is teaching us that there are times when you're in relationship with God that your faith will have to fight and not your father. I feel like preaching. We've been told and sometimes get excited when we hear the battle is not yours. Well, let me tell you something. Every now and then, the battle's going to be yours. God just says, I'm with you in it, but it's your battle. You're going to have to fight this one with your faith. I'll stand by you. I'll stand with you. But your faith is going to have to stand up against it. Do I have a witness in here? And when his faith fights this battle, he returns. And the text says, brothers, the text says, sisters, he returns in Power heads to Galilee, goes to his hometown, Nazareth. One ought to scratch their head, though, when it says, in power, with power. He he just been dealing with the devil, but yet the text says, with power. And that's when the Lord showed me, yeah, that's what happens. 
That's what happens when you fight your battles. That's what happens when you deal with the devil. Watch this with your faith. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you allow the devil to deal with you, he drains you. But when you deal with him, it empowers you. When you allow him to just run any kind of game against you, get in your mind, get in your spirit, it will drain you. But when you stand on the word, cling to your relationship, hang on in there through your faith, it will empower you. You become the person who ain't crying, who's not sobbing, who's not depressed, but even though you've been through it, you got your head still lifted you're still able to sing you're still able to give God praise and folk wonder how can you do that it's because you would not let him deal with you you decided to deal with him get behind me Lord help me preach resist him submit unto God that's when he flees you and you end up empowered you end up developed Lord help me preach here he is he returns to Galilee with power makes his way to Nazareth his hometown but he doesn't just return to Galilee he doesn't just return to his hometown no y'all look at what the text says The text says, watch this, that he makes his way to his hometown, gets there, and when he does, he goes to the Sabbath. On the Sabbath day, he goes to the synagogue. Y'all get that? Maybe you didn't. Went over my head the first time I saw it. He gets all the way there, and what's his first stop? The synagogue on the Sabbath day. Here's where we got to put it all in context now. Ladies and gentlemen, he's just been tested. He's just been tempted. He's just been tried. (laughs) And what does he now do? He's back. Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, ends up in the temple after his testing. Okay, okay. I'm about about to put some of y'all on blast right now. Because what we need to understand this morning is that most folk in church were tested before they got here. Most folk watching this service were tested before they logged on. I feel like preaching in here. My God, ladies and gentlemen, if there's anything we can admit is that last year we were tested before we got back here. Do I have a witness? Some of us, my God, for the past few months have been tested. Some of us for the last week went through our own test. But here you are on a Sunday morning morning and after you've been tested after you've been tempted after you've been tried guess where you decided to say i'm going 
back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I've been tested. I've been tried. I've been tempted. I've gone through it. Oh, I'm going to talk about you before I get to y'all. Y'all know. Come on, let's just be honest this morning. Every day ain't been a day when we've been singing zippity-doo-dah. Every week ain't been a great week. Every season hasn't been a season without struggle. Every time I look back over my life, I realize I got some mountains I've been climbing, some valleys I've been going through, but yet I'm back. Somebody ought to holler, I'm back, I'm back. Can we keep it real? Sometimes we cloak it. Sometimes we hide it. And sometimes we're so churchy nobody knows it. Amen, somebody. Folk have no idea of your struggle. No idea of your quiet moments where you are trying to dig yourself out of your own depression. Have no idea what you are dealing with and how this COVID and enough COVID, just life in general, has taken you through your finances, your family, your relationships. You're starting to wonder, what is this faith life all about? What is it amounting to? And yet you've been able to grit it, to bear it, to get through it and still end up in the house of God and sharing in worship. Somebody ought to say, ah, Ah, you thought you had me Satan, you thought you had me good, you thought I'd never get back, you thought I'd never come back, oh but you're a deceiver and I'm determined I am a survivor through the grace of God and I made it back I'm back you see that first verse of our pericope. It's read. So quickly. But it tells us. He's back. <laughs> back to his hometown. Back to his home church. <laughs> it sounds like homecoming. Lord help me. And yet while. He's there. What folk may not know is what happened since he's been away. He's there after he's been tested. He's been after he's been tempted. He's back after he's been tried. And everybody who's been or who arrives in the temple, most likely we were tested before we got here. Do I have a witness anywhere? So, lest I hold you too long, we must raise the question, well, why is it? Why, why is he back in this spot? Why did Jesus head to the hometown? Why did he get there? Why did he go to the synagogue? Why is he there? Well, the text lends us the answer. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was raised with a faith tradition. We cannot forget Mary and Joseph. The text says that he went back to where he was raised up, did what he did as was his custom. Which means Mary and Joseph raised him with a faith tradition. We know, we know, we know that he had a calling on his life. We know this. We know that there is a purpose to his life. We know this. But his parents raised him with a faith tradition. I must raise the question. Whatever happened? Uh, to, uh, you, you living under my roof? You gonna live under my rules? What, whatever happened? What, whatever happened? I mean, cause, cause now all of a sudden, and maybe not so all of a sudden, but it has certainly evolved to this place. Where we are seeing parents appease children. And we'll provide a device instead of divinity. I'm here to tell you it's so important. That the children of today are raised with a faith tradition talk about staying home and I don't feel like it and I don't want to do that and I'm not into that and what have you let me help you out whatever happened to hearing a parent say you know what fine you don't like it you can leave just everything you didn't buy stays here So busy developing sneaker heads, says there's no spirit heart. We got to understand this morning that a parent's role is not just to provide material things, but to provide a moral core and establish a moral compass. So that when we train them as children, as they grow older, they will not depart from what they have learned. God help me preach. In fact, some of y'all are back because of what was put in you. It ain't like you didn't wander. It's not like you didn't go out and venture. It's not like you cannot relate to the prodigal son. You didn't sold your wild oats. You didn't done your thing. But something was in you that said, I can't keep doing this. Something was in you that said, I got to get back. Something was in you that said, I need to start praising the Lord do I have a witness my 
God, when you realize that in your boneheaded decisions, in the thing when you are stuck on stupid, when you are doing stuff you should not have been doing, and you look back over your life and realize that I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be around, I should be in the ground, but apparently God kept waking me up. Apparently God's hand was on me. Apparently God kept blessing me. Therefore, I better get myself back. Some of y'all are here because of what was put in you. Hallelujah. Didn't like staying around. Didn't like being in church all day. Do I have a witness? Some of y'all are old enough to remember your church clothes and your play clothes. Somebody say amen. Right? War for Sunday. Put it up. And here you are. Back. Can I get a witness from those of you who ain't ashamed to say, I I did try to leave. I did try to let it go for a season. I did try to venture out on my own. I did try to see what life was like without all this God stuff. I did try. I did flirt with it. But God. God wouldn't let me go. God kept tugging at me. God kept calling on me. God kept calling me to come back. Parents' role, not to just provide material things, but to give a moral core, a moral compass. is to give, if you will, or guide our children to maturity with responsibility. To model the significance of a relationship. This is what we're supposed to do. But, but lest we get so caught up in children in the chronological and categorical way. We also got to look at children in the spiritual way. Because church, y'all, you got to understand, is not just for the child or children chronologically or categorically. But it's for the child spiritually too. Oh, God help me. Don't don't act like you ain't never heard Jesus tell Nicodemus, marvel not that you must be born again. Don't 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 act like you were saved from the womb. Truth is, you came to church and later came to Christ. Help me preach. You learned church. And then you started living. And realized you could not live without Christ. And here's the interesting thing, preachers. You came to Christ perhaps 18, 25, 30, 40, or 50. You came to Christ at an older stage. 
But the moment you came to Christ was the moment you were born again. And the moment you were born again, you were no, you were chronologically 30, but spiritually a newborn. I feel like preaching. You were chronologically 25, but spiritually you ain't even started crawling yet. God, help me preach. My God, you were 50 and celebrating your 50th birthday, blowing out all the candles. But when you got saved, my goodness, you were Benjamin Buttons. You had to go all the way back. Do I have a witness up in here and start life over again? That's problem. Problem is, is that we get saved and we think we still just as old as we is. Holler across the pew, shouting in the chat box, say, hope he ain't talking about y'all. The whole purpose of getting saved is to realize we needed to be under new management. <laughs> we, we, we had to borrow now the words, my favorite scripture, Galatians 2 and 20. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. I'm starting over. Jesus says to us as we look at this narrative, he shows us that while he is baptized at 30, that he is beginning his ministry. My God. And what a ministry he commences. He gets the scroll, opens it up. Isaiah he reads. And starts talking about how the spirit of God is on me. <laughs> I've been anointed to preach the gospel. I've been anointed to set captives free. I've been anointed to bring about this good news. And then when he rolls back the scroll, y'all don't miss this. He then says, what you just heard, it's happening. Lord, have mercy. What you just heard is happening. Jesus breaks into their tradition and says, you all know this time that I'm back. I'm not back for tradition's sake. I'm back for application's sake. I didn't come to, so that we can just fall into the trap of the synagogue and tradition and church life. I came to let y'all know that we've been reading this for a long time. It's time y'all start seeing what we've been reading. I feel like preaching. I, I came to let you know that the word isn't just for contemplation. The word, my God, is meant so that it would come to pass and come to fruition. I came so that you would realize that you've been reading this, but now 
now it's time for you to see this. And you know what? As I keep coming back, that's what I come back for. I come back because I believe now that what I've been reading, God's just getting me ready for what I'm going to be seeing. Do I have a witness? I don't just want to hear a sermon because when I hear a sermon that might be churchy. I want to hear the word because when the word comes, one thing I know about the word is that God never sends his word without it ever accomplishing what he has purposed it to do. So when I hear the word of God, one thing I know for sure, I know it's going to happen. My faith says, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word you gave me because that tells me it's going to happen. I don't leave here with anxiety. I leave here with anticipation. Anxiety is when you have a fear of the future and you're scared of something that has not happened. But anticipation is telling you and your faith can believe it. You're saying to yourself that my faith says what I just heard is going to come to pass. I'm standing on the promises of Christ my King. Somebody say yeah. Well I gotta get up out of here. Thank you ladies and gentlemen for inviting me to come and sharing your homecoming. But there's one last thing I need to tell you and that is Jesus, read the book. He's made a reputation of being somebody who always has a way of saying, I'm back. Do I have a witness? Jesus has developed a reputation for being one who says, I'm back. No matter what I've gone through, no matter what I'm testing, no matter how I'm tried, I'm back. Do I have a witness? It started in the wilderness. He went to Galilee. I'm back. He went from Galilee to Golgotha. And on Golgotha's hill, they hung him high. They stretched him wide. They laid him in a tomb. Oh, yeah. But early, early on a Sunday morning, he got up with all power. Yes, he did. And then that evening, my God, he showed himself to the disciples and in essence said, I'm back. Well, can I tell you why I'm preaching this on this Sunday? It's because he ain't done saying, I'm back. I gotta preach to get us ready. I gotta preach to get us right. Cause guess what, church? One day, he's coming back. Yes, he is. The thunder will roll. The lightning will flash. The clouds will roll back. And those who are asleep will be awakened. And those of us who are alive will be caught up to meet them. Somebody say it.
Because, Pastor, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If that's his consistent paradigm, that I keep coming back, and if it's his promise that he's coming back, here's the hope. Watch this. While we're waiting on his return, never get so deflated or defeated that you think he left you. From this message, you got to remind yourself, if I hang in there, help is on the way. Do I have a witness? How many feel a little better? How many believe he's on the way? How many feel him right now? Somebody ought to give God praise. In fact, as I take my seat, somebody ought to act like he's right back with you. Right there with you. And that when you leave here, he'll walk with you. He'll talk with you. I'm back. And every time you come back to this station, remember that message. You came to a place where Jesus said, I'm back here too. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly. If this word has blessed you, can you celebrate and give God praise? Thank you, Dr. Carl Joseph Solomon. Those of you who are able, if you will, stand on your feet. What a word. And I think that it's so appropriate as we try to navigate through this COVID pandemic. And those of us who um, press our way to come to the physical space, those that press your way to join online, Facebook Live, YouTube, Vimeo, Zoom, um, every time we gather, we're saying we're back. What a, what a blessed privilege it is. And we have heard the word with a clarion call today. Um, and, 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 and let me just say, Dr. Solomon, I'm so appreciative of how you reminded us about that faith tradition. The reason that millennials and Gen Zers are where they are right now is because my generation and my mama's generation dropped the ball. Let me say that again. Anybody that's 15, 20 years older than me and my generation, we dropped the ball. We didn't take our kids to church. Let me say that again. Don't look at me crazy. We let our kids do AAU basketball and football and all that stuff. We didn't take them to church. And then you're wondering when they become 25, 30 years old, why they don't go? Because you didn't take them. I've lived long enough to see that when you raise up a child in the church, even if they get away from it, sooner or later it acts like a boomerang. They will come back. That, that is why it's so important to have your child in church. 
your teens in church? Because guess what? Listen, after really 13, 14 years old, if you ain't got them then, it's going to take a miracle to get them in the house. If you're here right now, if you're watching us online, I want you to come back. If you're not part of the household of faith, I, I want you to come back. I want to lead you in a word of prayer, a word of a brand new start, and then I'm going to give you instructions on what you can do to become a part of the household of faith, to become a part of the body of Christ. And so this prayer is for any person that is watching us online or in the house to make a commitment to follow Christ. So if you would just bow your heads and repeat after me, Lord, I thank you for the gift of salvation. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe you sent your Holy Spirit to keep me. I believe Jesus died on a cross. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit to keep me, to guide me, to correct me. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely, if you prayed that prayer genuinely and you desire to have a relationship with God, it's yours. You're not saved based on works. You are saved by your faith in Jesus Christ. Here's the blessing I want to drop on you right now. If you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, and if you are watching us online, if you're watching us online on Facebook or on our St. Paul website, if you prayed that prayer, if you would, you desire a relationship with God, type in salvation. One of our digital ministers or social media influencers will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are and what you need to do. If you are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the telephone, email us at connect at spbc dot, uh, connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Someone by five o'clock tomorrow will reach out to you, should have reached out to you and let you know what the next steps are. And they'll let you know what you need to do if you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in the house right now and you desire a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're in the house, you don't know who Christ is and you say, listen, pastor, I want to be baptized. If that's you, would you hold up your hand? If you're in the house, would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. If you're in the house, my sister, I see you. My brother, I see you. If you want to be baptized, you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, will you come on down, Tina? Can you walk them down? Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Can we give God praise for, for these gifts that's coming our way? Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. We could do a whole lot better than that, St. Paul. If you're watching us online, would you give God praise? Thank you, Deacon Ross, for bringing them down. Amen. My sister and my little brother, that lady that's bringing you down is one of our deacons. And what a blessed privilege it is. Here's what I want to bless you with right now. If you're um, saying, listen, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I don't have a church home. 
or I'm saved and I would love to become a part of the tribe of St. Paul, this is what you can do. If you're watching us on Facebook or on our church website, type in the chat, connect, connect. One of our digital ministers is going to reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are to connect with us. If you are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on telephone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. By 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody will let you know. Leave your name, your number, a, a place where we can, uh, a number where we can contact you. Somebody will reach out to you by 5 o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps are. Amen. If you're in the house and you're saying, listen, Pastor, I happen to show up here today and I would love to connect with you all at St. Paul. I would love to make St. Paul my church home. If that's you, would you do me this favor? If you looking for a church home, I would love to be your pastor. These men and women on Zoom, on Facebook Live, YouTube, on phone, on our website, in the house, would love to be your brothers and sisters. If that's you, you're looking for a church home, would you hold up your hand? You're looking for a church home, would you hold up your hand? If you're looking for a church home, Would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. 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 Amen. 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 Hold up your hand. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. You may be seated real quick. Can you all help me to celebrate these these young people that have come? How are you all doing? Good. Good. This is it's your birthday. Oh, it's just past. Okay, you're going to give me your whole life story, aren't you? All right, now how old are you? How old are you? You're six. All right, all right. You're a big six-year-old. Oh, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. Listen, this is what we're going to do. First of all, we're delighted that you all have come forward. And uh, Deacon Marilyn, would you come here just for a moment? Deacon Marilyn, they're going to take you in the gym. And we're going to um, help you to understand the decision that you're making. And she's going to let you know what you need to do. And uh, to become a part of this church, we would love to have you all to become part of this church. So she's going to walk you through that and explain everything to you and to him if that's his desire as well. All right. So if you will follow Deacon Marilyn White and St. Paul, can we celebrate and give God praise? Amen. For these two. I like your backpack, man. That's a cool backpack. It's the, it's the what? Pup Patrol? All right. All right. Well, go and show forth the Pup Patrol in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We can do better. Let's give God praise for our children. All right. Listen. We are getting ready to leave. We're getting ready to leave. Revival starts tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Doors open at about 630 uh, you need to register if you want to be here in person. We would love for you to be here. We're going to start promptly at 7 o'clock. I'm trying to get the preacher up no later than 7.30. Um, and we want to be out of here by 8.30. Amen. So you got to eat before you come because we will not have a meal. So I want to encourage you to eat before you come. But we will have our in-person revival uh, starting tomorrow night with our preacher. Uh, one preacher will be up tomorrow night, so you got to tune in to see who that's going to be. Amen. Or you got to come to see who that's going to be. Amen. Amen. Again, let me just mention, register 
for next Sunday worship as well. We got to register every Sunday because that helps us as far as uh, doing the uh, control that we need to do as far as protocols are concerned. All right. Amen. I'm going to ask those you are able, if you would stand down, I'm going to have you to sit back down and follow the directions of the ushers as far as dismissal is concerned. Amen. 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 Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, spirit have experienced in this place. Thank you for the preaching power and presence of your son, Dr. Carl Joseph Solomon. We look forward with tiptoe anticipation. Uh, for the preaching of Dr. Jerry Carter and Dr. William Houston Curtis this week in revival. Thank you for each and every person that oppressed her or his way to this worship experience as we leave from this place, but never from your presence. Keep us in your sovereign care until we're able to come back together again and worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus name we pray. Let every heart that truly believes say what? Amen. Do me a favor. Have a seat. The ushers will dismiss you row by row. Follow their directions starting from the bottom level. Then they will come to the balcony and they will dismiss you. Thank you all for your presence. Thank you all for your obedience. Thank you all for your prayers. Thank you all for your support. I love you. God loves you even more. Be safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Practice social distancing and get vaccinated. Amen.